Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. it is that time again. Welcome aboard. Mega Man is ready to go. Got an iced cappuccino today. I've been kind of laying off coffee the past couple days. Just been drinking hot cocoa. But praise the Lord for uh, iced coffee. I bought it yesterday actually. Cappuccino. So it's about 24 hours old but I think it should still be good. It's been in the refrigerator. Okay. I'm going to pour it over some ice here in a moment. And uh, we're fixing to kick it off right here Wednesday, September 6, 2023. Tune in every day, Monday through Friday, for more of our Season 13.0 live broadcast. Also, don't forget to check out Omega Man Reloaded. And if I hear from you in an email, you just might motivate me to uh, put more over there. So if you're enjoying the Omega Man Reloaded, write me and let me know. Omega Man Radio at ProtonMail.com. Okay, we're going to do three broadcasts today. Let's go ahead and kick it off with Brother Michael Cummins. I'm fixing to bring him in from England. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, by the way, invite a friend to come out. Spread the word about these shows everywhere you can. 
Brother Michael, let's do a sound check. How you doing? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. How are you doing over there, my brother? Well, not too bad. It's very hot and, uh, you know, it's very hot and muggy and sticky today. It's been like it for about three days. Oh, wow. It's it's 32 degrees. I know that's probably Ooh. not hot compared to most places in the world, but it's quite hot in London. That sure is. Um, and, of course, I was raised in the land of Fahrenheit, but Indonesia has got me working on the Celsius system, so... 32 is pretty hot. and um, It's about 86, isn't it? It's about 86, I think, isn't it? I have to dial that air condition up uh, when it gets hot like that and uh, get it to about, um, I like it about 27 or 28 in the house and um, sometimes uh, cooler. And um, you might need to turn on a dehumidifier over there too to, to dry out the air a little bit. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a heater on. I've got a fan you know, it's a, it, it blows uh, hot in the winter and cold in the summer. It's okay. good. It's kept me cool, you yeah. know, so I'm doing all right. Do How have... are you anyway? Everything okay? I'm doing good, especially since I'm holding in my hands an iced cappuccino. Do you drink iced coffee or iced cappuccino? I, I have tried it a couple of times. I, I like iced tea as well with oh. lemon in. That's quite refreshing. That... But I do like iced cappuccinos. They're very good. Iced tea goes really good with fish and chips and tartar sauce. Oh, yeah, Amen? that's very nice. <laughs> you'll make me, you, you better not go on us. You'll make me feel hungry. Well, check your PayPal. We're going to be sending you some fish and chips money because I can't tell you about that and tempt you and then you not eat it. So we got to help. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here with Pastor Michael Cummins. He's coming to you from the U.K. Um, is it correct if I say London or should I be more specific? Well, it's just outside London, uh, 10 mile outside central London. What city are you in? Uh, well, we're in we're in London, but I, I live in an area called Surrey, okay. Kingston-upon-Thames. Kingston-upon-Thames. Oh, I like the sound of that. Kingston-upon-Thames. Yeah. Upon-Thames. Yeah, that's it. Okay. You can, get a, you can get a boat from Kingston, and it takes you all the way up to London. Fantastic. And it's, a ni- it's nice, in the, up the River Thames. Folks, we're taking you up the River Thames today and into the Word of God. we got Brother Michael. Brother Michael, would you like to open us in prayer? Yes, certainly. Lord God in heaven, I thank you for what you have done for me today. You've already done a miracle for me today. The devil attacked my car today and the steering locked up when I was driving. And I prayed and commanded the devil take his filthy hands off. And the steering was released immediately. How wonderful you are, God. How marvelous you are. And we ask you to touch everybody listening to this show today and bless them from the tops of their heads to the soles of their feet. For you are a miracle-working God. Amen. I say amen to that, folks. Get a friend and have them tune in. Several ways to listen live. Best way to get them over here is just send them to OmegaManRadio.com. Brother Michael, the microphone is yours. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Today we're going to speak about what happens immediately after Jesus' return. You know, there's a lot of people who have got confused. Uh, They've listened to certain teaching on certain subjects, and they really don't know what's going to happen when Jesus returns. You know, 
what made me look at this sort of teaching is a friend of mine came round to see me. And we were talking about this subject when Jesus returns. And we spoke about the dead in Christ rising and the final judgment. And he almost went ashen. And I said, what's the matter? And he said, well, I always thought that when you died, the, the good went to heaven. Those who were with the Lord went to heaven and the wicked went to hell. And I said, no, we lay in our graves. We lay in our graves. We're dead until we hear the trumpet call. And he didn't know anything what I was talking about. So I thought, well, let's teach on some of these subjects. I can't teach it all today, but I'll do my best to get in as much as I can. But when Jesus returns, he will return to the earth in power and glory and with the trumpet sound of the archangel. And every living thing on the earth will know of his return. What will the sinful think of Jesus' return? What will the Antichrist and the forces of Satan feel? What will the people on the earth think who only care about money, only care about profit, only care about business, and they don't care how they make their living? I think they'll be sad. I think they'll be angry when Jesus returns because they know that their good times are over. They know Jesus will come and he will rule with a rod of iron. You know, gentle Jesus holding the lamb that he chose in some churches. It won't be like that at all. Jesus will bring the rule of God to the earth. Hallelujah. Now, I think the best thing we can do is to read what Jesus said, the Olivet on Mount, on the Mount of Olives, what Jesus said will happen. What they call the Olivet Disclosure or the Olivet Discourse, whatever you want to say. It's a long read, but I'm going to start by reading it because before we say of what's going to happen, we've got to listen to what Jesus says that's going to happen. Anyway, I'm going to read it from uh, Matthew 24, verse 1, and I'm going to read down to 31. I'm going to break at the end of verse 13. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall be not left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. 
For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And we're talking about the tribulation period. We're talking about it. And where the confusion comes, it is many people will say, before the start of the tribulation period, the saints shall be raptured and taken up. And Jesus doesn't say this. He doesn't speak about a rapture. He speaks about the persecution of the saints who, those who love Jesus, will be hated by the world. Let's read from 14 on to 31. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Jerusalem flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such it was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, these days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever soever the carcass is, there will be the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give a light, and the stars shall fall, from heaven 
and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of the trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Amen. And what we're going to talk about initially is what this means to the saints, those who are dead and those who are alive on the earth. And then we'll talk about other things that will happen at this time in the world. Hallelujah. But some people believe that he will come for a short time. The theory of the rapture is this, that those who are raptured will be taken up to meet the Lord in the air. They'll be taken off to heaven with the Lord. And then Jesus will come back and he will bring these saints with him. Jesus doesn't say this in the Olivet Disclosure. So what will happen in the immediate aftermath of Jesus' second coming? Some say he will return for a short time and then return to heaven with the saints with him. Either leaving the world inhabited by simple people or destroying the world completely. The idea of total destruction of the world, of course, is related to the end of the world. But as we see, Jesus' return is not the end of the world in in the sense of the whole planet, but it is the end of an age and the beginning of a new one. Jesus didn't cover everything that will happen immediately in the Mount of Olives prophecy. Many of the details are found in different parts of the Bible. But we will examine two events now and then we'll go on to talk about some of these other things. The Son of Man will come with the trumpet call and the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and glory. Jesus will return as our Saviour, coming to save his people. But to many on the earth, the sinful people, they will see Jesus as a threat. I think that they will even say the world who wish to control, keep control of the world and keep power, they will say that this is an alien attack and they will prepare for war. It is very unlikely that they will speak the truth and say this is the second coming of Christ. He will be viewed as a threat. Also, at that time, Jesus said in the Olivet Disclosure, the world will experience frightening and destructive times. 
disturbances in the heavenly realms. In the book of Revelation, that is called the sixth seal. The heavenly signs. Revelation describes stars of heaven falling to the earth. It's likely that there will be intense meteor showers, asteroids, to cause many people to fearfully take cover in caves and in mountains. Let's have a look what that says. We're looking at Revelation 6, verse 13. And we'll see what that says. In the name of Jesus. I'm doing these teachings because I want people to be prepared. Revelation 6, verse 13. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll, when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Going back, to verse 12, Revelation 6, verse 12. And I beheld, when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black, as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as of blood. So these cosmic experiences will happen. And people will be terrified of anything coming out of the sky. So they'll be terrified when they see Jesus on the cloud. Many of the media, as I said before, will say this is an alien invasion. They will tell lies. They will say, don't worry about it. The armies of the world are ready to do battle with these cosmic visitors. They won't say, this is the Lord coming back, coming for his people. They won't say that. After experiencing this, people will be terrified, as we said, of anything coming out of the sky. Especially as there might be ear-piercing noises and things will look like nothing they've ever seen before. Most people will not recognize the Lord as Jesus Christ because he will look nothing like the image of our world associates with Jesus. Many people have painted pictures of Jesus and many of them made him look like John Lennon. Some have made him look like Bob Marley. He will look like nothing like that. He won't be the soft, long-haired, pale Jesus of art and sometimes the movies. He will appear intensely powerful and a radiant spirit being. As we said before, some may even say that he's an alien being from out of space. Let's have a look at some more scriptures in 
Revelation, which explain this fully. We look at Revelation 1, verses 13 to 16. Revelation 1, verses 13 to 16. Hallelujah. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as flames of fire. And his feet like unto fire, sorry, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. I'll read verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. People we terrified at the sight of Jesus. You see, what we've done in paintings and movies and TV shows has shown a version of Jesus that is acceptable to mankind. We're going to look at Revelation 19, verses 12 to 15. We'll confirm what we've just said. His eyes were as flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had the name written that no one knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth the sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And verse 16 says, And he have on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is no alien, alien invasion. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is returning to the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The people on the earth won't just cower in the corner at his coming. The book of Revelation describes a human effort to launch a counterattack against him. The armies of the earth will join forces together to make war. On him, Jesus Christ, who sat on the horse. Let's have a look at Revelation 19, verse 19 
and it speaks about these armies on the earth. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. Hallelujah. And the beast, verse 20 and 21, and the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone and the remnant was slayed with the sword of him that sat upon the horse which sword proceedeth out of his mouth and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Nothing can stop Jesus. Nothing can stand against him. We're going to go to Zechariah 14, verse 3. And we're going to read. This is a prophecy that has come from the Old Testament talking about these times. Zechariah 14, verse 3. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. Hallelujah. That shall happen in the name of Jesus. And he will send his angels to gather the elect. The second detail Jesus gave is he will send his angels with the great sound of the trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. This is the most, shall we say, joyful, encouraging verses in the Olivet Discourse or Olivet Disclosure. As Jesus coming down to the earth, he will be followed by an army of angels in heaven. The angels will be responsible for gathering God's faithful saints who are scattered at the four corners of the earth and they will gather them. This gathering of God's people, past and present, everyone who is with the Lord, will hear the trumpet call. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So that is what's going to happen. Let's have a look at 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 to 18. Let's read this today in the name of Jesus. I hope you're understanding. I'm trying to speak slowly so you get the gist of everything that's happening. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 to 18. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, 
and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Verse 18. Therefore comfort one another with these words. If you are with the Lord Jesus, these words should comfort you. You don't have anything to worry about. You'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Now, we're going to speak about, in future programs, various teachings on the rapture, pre-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation rapture, and post-tribulation rapture. Because we need to talk about these things because they're in the teachings of the Christian church. But we see the Olivet Disclosure and Matthew doesn't speak about it. So we need to get round this and we need to understand what is meant by it and how it differs from other teachings. Hallelujah. The next thing Jesus will do, the dead in Christ shall rise. Now, this is the dead in Christ. They're slumbering in the sleep of death. They're sleeping. They are people who have believed in Jesus Christ. They are people that love the Lord. Thessalonians 4 verse 14. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 4 verse 14. Hallelujah. I've got the wrong page here. Please forgive me. And it says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. People who are sleeping in their graves, they will awake and they will rise. The dead in Christ will be raised from that sleep and given new immortal spiritual bodies. In another place, Paul described that the dead will be raised incorruptible. Incorruptible means they will no longer be subject to death and decay. Let's look at this at 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 to 57. 1 Corinthians 15 Verses 51 to 57. Hallelujah. And it says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass, saying, That is written, 
death is swallowed up in the victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The dead in Christ will rise, and they will be incorruptible. They will become spirit, no longer flesh that is decaying and rotting in the grave. Hallelujah. Now I go back to this because many have a misconception about dying. Many have said that when they go into the grave, that they go immediately to heaven, their souls go immediately to heaven, or if they're wicked, their souls go immediately to hell. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at Matthew 24 again. Let's go back to Matthew 24, verses 40 and 41. Hallelujah. And let's get the idea of what's going on. Matthew 24, verses. I'm going to go from 37 to 42 because it will say what it's like. But as the days of Noah were, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man. Then shall two be in a field, one shall be taken and another left. Two women shall be grinding at a mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord doth come. Two, let's put it in modern terms. Two people are working in a car factory. Maybe the Ford Motor Company maybe General Motors, but they'll be working on the production line. One will be taken and one will be left behind. The one who will be taken is the one that believed in Jesus Christ. The one that believed that Jesus was his Lord and Saviour. He was a believer. He was born again. And he was taken to be with the Lord. The one who didn't believe in the Lord was left behind. People will look and say, what's happened? This will cause confusion all over the world. People will say, what is this that's happening? We do not understand this. People are just disappearing. There's a great film you may want to look at. It's called Left Behind. You can find it online. It is a great film about those taken and those left behind. Who are alive and remain 
the second group describes God's people who will be protected from or survive the great tribulation. It will be one or the other. It will be both in some ways. People would have survived the great tribulation. And we'll go to Revelation 20 later and look what it says there. They've survived the great tribulation, the persecution of Christians. They have been protected from. They have been canny. They have been cute. They've known how to look after one another and they've survived. After the dead in Christ rise, God's saints will rise up to meet him in the air and also experience the same as the dead in Christ experience, their bodies they have now, our bodies we have now, will go and we will become spirit. God's people of all ages will meet in the air. Yes, all the people shall meet the Saviour and we will be glorified together in the name of the Lord. This will happen. Let's go to the book of Romans and we'll read Romans 8 verse 13 to 17. Romans 8, verse 13 to 17. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. I'm going to read verse 18 because it's important. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Hallelujah. The true reality of Christ's second coming is this current world's only hope the greatest hope we can. Now, Jesus said one will be taken and another left. Sometimes this causes confusion. People say that's the rapture. We have to read the Bible and understand certain things. The idea that to be taken... Christians disappear because they are raptured to heaven. This causes unbelievers to be left behind to face the tribulation. 
So the tribulation period will be full of evil people. People have rejected Jesus. And all those that love Jesus would have been taken up. The problem with this is that the rapture supposedly happens before the tribulation period. There is an old saying, if you know who the Antichrist is, then you've been left behind. For God will take us all up before the tribulation is announced. These verses that we are speaking about is described as the coming of the Son of Man, which is after the tribulation period. Also note that Jesus simply said that one will be taken, not that he will vanish into thin air and go to heaven. As those who believe the rapture often explain it. We'll look at the rapture at another time. When we place Jesus' statements in the contents of the rest of the Olivet Disclosure, along with other scriptures, it becomes clear. As Jesus descends to the earth, he'll gather his saints wherever they are on the earth when the trumpet is sound. It doesn't matter what they're doing or who they are. They may be having a shower. They may be eating their breakfast. It may be they're at work. It may be that they're having an operation. It may be they're having a tooth pulled. Whatever the believers are doing, they will be taken up into the clouds to meet the Lord. What happens after the saints meet the Lord? The saints won't remain just floating in the air or going or, or just resting on the clouds of heaven. We will be with Christ. Let's have a look again at First Thessalonians four verses sixteen to seventeen. Let's have a look at this. I hope you're getting it all in. I hope I haven't confused anybody. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 to 17. Let's say this again. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So the dead in Christ throughout the ages and those who are on the earth will meet the Lord together. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. The prophet Zechariah, he speaks about Jesus landing on the Mount of Olives and beginning his rule from the city. From the holy city he will rule all nations with a rod of iron. Revelation 12 verse 5, let's read that, says his saints will be with him 
on the earth. Revelation 12, verse 5. Hallelujah. As we read this now, in the name of Jesus. And she brought forth a male child, who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And the child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Hallelujah. Revelation 5.10. That tells us, And has made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign upon the earth. I said I would give you Revelation 20. Let's go to Revelation 20 and see what it says. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. There will be a thousand year millennium reign. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. There will be a thousand year millennium reign and Satan will be thrown into the bottomless pit. Verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for their witness for Jesus and for the word of God. And we should not worship the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads and on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years was finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And it says, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Hallelujah. So these saints, the dead in Christ who have risen, those who are on the earth, who have gone to be with the Lord, they will be saints. They will be priests of God and of Christ. And they will help Jesus rule the earth with his rod of iron for a thousand years. And we know that Jesus will cleanse this world and purify it and things will be different. Together, Jesus and his family, us, will bring about the greatest transformation the world has ever seen. The world will not end but this age of man's rule will end. Satan, the bringer of sin, the rebellious fallen angel, will be banished for a thousand years. And the world will be transformed into a place of peace, of justice, of love, of care, of goodness, 
the reality of Christ's coming is the world's only hope. And we have to prepare for it. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. We don't know when. Only the Father knows. Let's look at other things which are going to happen when Jesus returns. We said earlier, when Jesus returns, the world will be ready to make war against him. They will be ready. Let's have a look at Revelation 19, verses 11 to 16. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in white linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of God Almighty. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So Jesus is coming for battle. Let's have a look at Zechariah 14.2 and we'll read then of that preparation for battle. Hallelujah. That preparation for battle. In the name of Jesus we say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Zechariah 14 verse 2. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. That is called the Battle of Armageddon. His feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and half moving south. It will be an unbelievable day in the history of the world. On that day there will neither be sunlight nor cold, frost or darkness, a day known only to the Lord. And there will be no difference between day and night. When evening comes there will be a light God's enemies will be defeated and the Antichrist and the false prophet will be thrown into the fiery lake which burns with sulfur. Let's read that from Revelation 19.20. That's the truth. We're seeing the victory from God so we've got to be on the right side. We've got to make sure 
we know what we're doing. Revelation 19 verse 20 And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Verse 21 says, And the remnant was slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Jesus then will set up his kingdom. The Lord will be king over all the earth. So Satan will be defeated once and for all, and he's not coming back. Satan no longer has any power, and his Antichrist has no power as well. Hallelujah. This is all going to happen. These are the end times. That's why we need to study it. Don't just wait in hope and hope everything will be okay. We need to know. Let's go back to Zechariah. Zechariah 14, verse 9. It says, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord, and his name one. When Jesus makes his kingdom on earth, Jesus will first set up judgment for those who are still alive. After the tribulation, those who are on the earth, at the time of his second coming. This is referred to as the judgment of sheep and goats, or judgment of the nations. Those who survive this judgment will remain on the earth and enjoy a time of peace and prosperity with Christ for a thousand years. That's referred as the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. Those who were guilty in this judgment are cursed and consigned to eternal fire where the devil and his angels are. Satan is bound and forbidden to act through the millennium reign. We'll read that in Revelation 20, verse 3. And we say now that Jesus Christ is coming soon. We've got to get it right. Could you imagine being judged and being found on the wrong side and be thrown in the lake of fire, of fire with Satan and the Antichrist? Let's go back to Revelation 20, verses 1 to 3. Revelation 20, verses 1 to 3. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit 
and shut him up and set a seal on him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years shall be fulfilled. After that, he will be loosed for a season. During this time, there will also be a resurrection of all believers in God. Verses 4 to 6, and I'll read that. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for their witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years was finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that have part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Hallelujah. Those who reign with Jesus Christ for the thousand year millennium reign, the second death has no power at all. I'm just going to continue for a bit. At the end of the millennium reign of Christ, Satan will be released. One final battle will occur, which will be rapidly won by the forces of Jesus Christ. Revelation 20, verses 7 to 9. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and surpassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are. And they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hallelujah. Satan is permanently in the lake of fire. He's not coming back. At this point, the second resurrection will occur and another judgment. Unbelievers will be resurrected and judged. Uh, what is referred to as the great white throne judgment. Based on these works, they will be assigned to the lake of fire. Revelation 20, 11 to 15. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it. From whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things that were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. 
And that's what's going to happen when Jesus returns. I've still got a lot more notes I would like to talk about, and we'll talk about it another time. But I just wanted people to be aware of what's going to happen when Jesus returns. We don't know. Only the Father knows when he's coming. But we've got to make preparation. God bless you all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome message today. Brother Michael, give out uh, your contact information. How can people reach you and support your ministry? Well, if you'd like to support my ministry, uh, I have an email address, which is frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummings, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, 123, at AOL.com. My PayPal uh, address is on my uh, website, if you ring that address, and you can support me through PayPal. I would love you to. And... uh, if you want any personal help, you can contact me. We can always pray for you on, on Skype. Or you can ring me on 07469235351. And I'll be happy to pray for you. You know, we've got to keep on doing this work, this righteous work. I met a woman recently who came to me for help. And she had been involved in a strange church a very demonic church which is known in England as a white garment church she'd been sexually abused by the pastor when she was 10 years of age and he had given her various concoctions to drink and she was very very demonized well I've been praying for her for about a week and God is mighty God is great the deliverance that she's received is magnificent and the demons that have come out of her. Last night, I always go to bed just after 7 o'clock. I never stay up late. And I was woken up in the night, and there was a demon that had come in my room. He looked like a pugilist. He looked like a 1930s boxer, somebody like Jack Dempsey from the 30s. And uh, I looked him, and I, I told him to leave, and I started calling on the name of Jesus and he went straight away driving today as I'm driving down the road my steering wheel locked up I knew this was Satan trying to stop me from delivering this woman he's had her so bound and had her in so many chains that you don't want to release her but I say now you keep following Amiga Man Radio I will bring teachings that will liberate you and set you free. Ring me any time you wish. Support my ministry. I'm here for you. And I promise you that God will set you free. All you are tormented, all you that are burdened and weary laden, Christ will set you free. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Powerful teaching today, folks. Get this, share it with everybody you can. It'll be up in a few hours. And I encourage you to support the ministry of Brother Michael Cummins. He's on the front lines for Jesus. And, Brother, I plead the blood of Jesus over you and your family. We bind and rebuke every demonic force of backlash or retaliation coming against you for being involved in the deliverance ministry. We rebuke those spirits in the name of Jesus. 
No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Father God, give Brother Michael great favor. In Jesus' name. Love you, my Amen. brother. Thank, it was Love a great you, message. And we're going to see you real soon. God bless you. God Thanks bless you, very Brother much. Michael. Love you all. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. Folks, stay tuned. We're going to save this. Be right back. 